1: Welcome to the Big App, Bill, Bill here. And here is your host at Carnegie Hall in New York, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thank
2: you, everybody. It's so great to be back in Carnegie Hall and in New York City. We have such a great show for you planned. Later on, we're going to be joined by Gail King of CBS Mornings. Uh, But first, we've been here a few times now, so we believe it is now time to retire all the how-do-you-get-to-Carnegie-Hall jokes. Instead, the new official joke is as follows. Hey, Bill, how do you get thrown out of (laughs) Carnegie Hall?
1: Just wait till they find out what I did to my
2: dressing room. (laughs) If you want to play Carnegie Hall, all you got to do is call us. The number is one wait wait That's one 888 Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me.
0: Hey, this is Luke Hearn from Peachtree City, Georgia.
2: Peachtree yeah. City, Georgia. That, yeah. sounds, that sounds like a fictional place made up by a movie <laughs> that couldn't get the rights to any actual town in Georgia. <laughs> Written by somebody from New York. Exactly. Well, welcome to our show, Luke. Let me introduce you to our panel on stage here at Carnegie Hall first. She's the host of the podcast Fake the Nation. You can see her headlining at Joe's Pub in New York City on January 19th through the 21st. It's Nagin Farsad. Hey! Next, an actor and writer who will be appearing at Cold Town Theater in Austin, Texas, December 16th and 17th. It's Peter Gross. Hi, (laughs) Lou. And a contributor to CBS Sunday Morning and host of the podcast, Real Good, it's Faith Saley.
3: Hey, Luke. I'm from Georgia, so I'm going to say hey, y'all.
2: Hey, y'all. So, Luke, I bet you knew this, but you're going to start us off with who's bill this time? Bill Curtis right here is going to recreate three quotations from the week's news. Your job, of course, simply explain or identify them. Do that two times. You will win our prize. Any voice from our show you might choose for your voicemail. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Here is your first quote. She's on a plane. She's on her way home. That was President Biden announcing that whom had finally been released from prison in Russia?
0: Um, Brittany Greiner.
2: Yes, Brittany Woo. Greiner has yeah. been freed.
3: Yes,
4: thank God.
2: About time. This is the happiest an athlete has ever been to hear that they have been traded. <laughs> <laughs> it is obviously great news for pretty much everyone in America and of course Britney Greiner's family. Terrible news for the Siberian prison camp basketball team, <laughs> right? <laughs> the playoffs are <we> starting. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be some big tearful
5: goodbye that they're, like, producing, and she's going to be like, ah, I really, I'm happy to go home.
6: Yeah.
5: <laughs> she, she probably didn't stay for the office cake when they let her. Yeah. She you know, was like, I'm gone. I feel like uh, maybe we could have traded her for someone who wasn't called the merchant of death. That's yeah. the only thing. they traded her for I, I'm so glad she's back, but I feel like maybe like an assistant of death or I, like an I, I, ombudsman I mean, of death. Yes, it's I not know. like the merchant but of imagine,
2: death. Imagine, imagine, imagine the cred that is gonna give her once she is back in the WNBA. Like, yeah. you're gonna mess oh, with yeah. her in the backcourt when she has been traded for the <laughs> merchant of death. <laughs> Uh, Yes, in fact, what happened was uh, this trade was negotiated, they sent Griner back, and we sent to Russia an imprisoned guy who was a notorious arms dealer named Victor Bout, plus a, of course, a spy to be named later. (laughs) Uh, Russia said they had arrested her uh, for possession of, like, a tiny amount of cannabis oil, so almost a year later, after a terrible ordeal, she was brought home and reunited with her family, who presented her with a Christmas wreath made entirely of weed... (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> oh, and, and you know, the other thing is the merchant of death's family is so happy and relieved <laughs> that he can go about and continue to do his important, and worthy work <laughs> mer- of death, death, death
6: stuff. Yeah, death you know? stuff yeah.
2: As you heard, Biden announced to the nation before, you know, to, once it was done, she's on a plane which was great, Mr. President, but the woman is 6'9". You couldn't spring for economy plus. (laughs) (laughs) All right, your next quote is from a man campaigning to be a senator from Georgia. I live in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Who are we to engage in punditry? But that might be one of the reasons that man finally lost the Georgia Senate race this week. Who was it?
0: It was the atomic bomb that we dodged, Herschel Walker. (laughs) Herschel Walker, yes!
2: With a win in the runoff election, Reverend Raphael Warnock goes back to the US Senate and Herschel Walker goes back to Dallas, where he actually lives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, to, to his credit, uh, Mr. Walker took the defeat well. His, his concession speech was extremely grateful. He said he's going to put this all behind him and just focus on winning next week's election. <laughs> <laughs> But I I don't know if you, by the end of the campaign, Walker's campaign was just running ads with Walker telling voters about himself, and Warnock was running ads with Walker telling voters about (laughs) himself. Yeah,
5: (laughs) Yeah, wasn't there an ad that was like a bunch of people like on one side just doing that, like just sitting there and listening to Walker Walker... speak? And then there was cuts to the reaction and people were like, good Lord, oh man. Yeah. That was the whole commercial.
3: Yeah, he was talking about wanting to be a werewolf, right, instead of a vampire. that That was
4: his platform.
5: Only thing I liked about him. That's the only thing I well, yeah, was that he
2: chose to his dance. Be, he'd rather uh, be. Did he just like
4: just see yeah. the movie Twilight? <laughs> I think he spent like twenty five minutes on werewolves and vampires. He read I was... the
5: novelization of the movie Twilight oh, yeah, based yeah, on that's... the books of <laughs> Twilight.
4: <laughs> it was
3: a squeaker though. That was that was really too close for comfort. And you watch um, uh, MSNBC, what's his name, Steve Kornacki, Steve Kornacki. America's sweetheart, right, in yeah. his khakis. <laughs> this audience loves him.
5: Oh, people here like MSNBC. I would have who knew? That.
3: But, you know, he's... Uh, so I come from Fulton County, where all the smart people do the vote dumps, right? Mm-hmm. But then you see him go around the map to all those red places that are called... Like, the counties are Lumpkin and Bacon. And Jeff Davis County.
6: There's Here's a the Jeff thing. Davis County. Here's and the it... thing.
2: I don't know if you know. There's this. only one. He's and, and this is. I guess I can share this with you. He's making all that up. <laughs> He's just pointing at the squares and pulling names out of his hat because who's going to know, right? Yeah. They're not watching MSNBC. Yeah. In That's true. yeah. County. That- so he can get away with it.
4: And the happiest guy about the results was Herschel Walker. Like, yeah. He didn't want
2: to do the he, job. No, yeah. he, but he, he's proud. He, he did it. You know, he, he's never been in politics, but he managed it. He managed all the way. He, he brought his campaign to full term. He's <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, with Georgia runoff, the 2022 midterms are finally over. And the 2024 election season is underway. Do we ha- I, I, it is just so frustrating how quickly the next cycle starts. Walgreens keeps putting out their election decorations earlier <laughs> every year. <laughs> Luke, we have one more quote for you. Here it is I'm a hugger. And that was the subject of a new Netflix documentary talking about one reason she didn't fit in with the royal family. Who is it? Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle, yes, exactly. <laughs> Harry and Meghan, who used to be actual royalty, but now just live around the corner from an Arby's like the rest of us, (laughs) (laughs) they have released this emotional, honest new documentary from Netflix. I'm sorry, Netflix. If you want me to watch reality TV with British people, they have to be baking.
3: She's still technically... Is she technically the Duchess of Sussex? They
5: are still... They are called the Sussexes. Yes. <laughs> like, he doesn't have a last name.
4: Oh, I think it's Susai, actually. Oh, they're Susai.
2: Right? No,
1: that's no, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Apparently, people were like, it's going to be a massive blockbuster, but I don't know if that's true. I mean, everybody loved Tiger King. Regular King? Not so much. <laughs>
3: I saw the trailer. It's just, it's just black and white and it's a lot of shots of them looking at their phones and putting their heads in
4: their hands.
5: But didn't it, we already see uh, the, the royals? They're just like <laughs> us. Yeah.
4: I mean, if you can see the crown, like, it's much better production value. <laughs> That's
2: true. <laughs> this is true. One of, one of the most interesting revelations in the documentary is that Harry and Meghan regularly refer to each other, they call each other H and M. H and M. It's like hard to tell if it's like the worst pet names in history or the worst product placement. Yeah.
4: <laughs> like also, are they so cloistered that they don't know that that's a fast fashion brand? Maybe they just just think it's cute. They have no idea.
2: Or maybe they call the relationship H and M because it looks good, but it's not going to last very long. <laughs> Bill. Bill, how did Luke do on our quiz?
1: Very well, he we got all of them right. So congratulations, Luke. Thank
2: Thanks so much. Take care. Right. right now, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Nagin, employees at the New York Times are going on strike, and they called for subscribers to not engage with the paper in any way. They don't buy it and don't go online, do anything with it digitally on Thursday of this past week, but many customers refused to do that, why?
4: Oh, cause they like really needed news from their paper of record?
2: <laughs> no.
4: Oh. Um, can I have a hint? Well,
2: these are people New York Times New York Times readers, as you can imagine, liberals, supporters of workers, yes, supporters so of good. unions They're so they good. absolutely wouldn't cross a picket line yes, in real life or digitally they're gonna they get their news from lesser papers yeah. like the Washington Post or Wall Street Journal. Yes. Those, those
4: awful
6: but
2: the papers. one thing they could not do was what?
4: They couldn't stop themselves from buying it at a bodega. We're going to give They're you six chances.
2: We're going to give you six chances, and if you don't get
5: it right, you're okay. going to be so embarrassed,
4: Yeah,
5: you're not going to want to tell anybody. Yes. What are you going to do, Nadine?
2: Oh, oh, wait. Yes. Right. Oh, oh, Wordle. Yes. yes. Couldn't get on they not give up their Wordle? They didn't want to break the Wordle street. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice. Yes, people found themselves breaking this digital picket line because they didn't want to give up their Wordle streak, not to mention the crossword. I mean, they were getting desperate. They were like, okay, what if I play? But if I make my first guess union... Coming up, small business is our business in our Bluff the Listener game. Call 188 Wait, wait to play. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, wait, don't tell me from NPR. Can't stop now. Can't stop now.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docu series Black Twitter: A People's History from Onyx Collective and Hulu.
1: This is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Faith Sealy, Nagin Farsad, and Peter Gross. And here again is your host at Carnegie Hall in New York,
2: New York, Peter Sago. Thank you so much, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Right now it is time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff, the listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game on the air. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me,
5: uh, hey there. Hey, who's this? My name's RJ. I live in Berlin, Vermont.
2: Berlin, Vermont, Ooh. which is up there near Middlebury. Am I right? Uh, sort of, but I used to live in Middlebury. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Well, wh- why did you ever leave Middlebury? What'd you do wrong? Uh, I got married. Oh, well, RJ, welcome to the show. You're going to play our game, in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is RJ's topic?
1: There's no business like small business.
2: Small businesses always face problems, uh, increasing taxes, competition from corporations, the fact nobody seems to buy Peter Segel brand, Peter Segel flavored lollipops. <laughs> This week, we heard about a new problem facing a small business. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one telling the truth. You'll win our prize, the wait-waiter of your choice, on your voicemail, and also a fraudulent PPP loan. So (laughs) are you ready to play? Let's do it. Let's do it. First up, let's hear from Faith Saley.
3: Rob DiStefano runs a small business, a small and very quiet business. He's a Brooklyn-based mime who hosts children's birthdays in a studio he rents as a party venue. Last weekend, while performing for a bunch of eight-year-olds, he put a kid named Gideon Grody in mime jail, complete with bars he demonstrated, and then locked Gideon in. Gideon really committed. When the party ended, the prisoner would not go home. And because Gideon's parents believe in children's autonomy, they refused to drag his body out of invisible jail. So Gideon stayed incarcerated for the entire weekend. His mom slept outside the jail like a sober prison guard. Gideon had a jailbreak just once to use the bathroom and then hustled to lock himself back in and ostentatiously swallow the imaginary key. (laughs) Sadly for Rob, the mime, the other birthday party scheduled for the weekend canceled because it's creepy to have a strange kid doing push-ups and miming writing tally marks on an invisible wall during your own child's party. Gideon finally left once his parents promised him a puppy for Hanukkah. (laughs)
2: A mine loses a weekend of bookings because a little kid will not leave his invisible jail cell. Your next story of a small business speed bump comes from Peter Gross.
5: If you were an online retailer that sold firearms and the occasional floral arrangement, naming your store wouldn't be difficult. You wouldn't call it pistols and petunias or weapons and water lilies. No, you'd go for the obvious, guns and roses. (laughs) A Houston-based online gun dealer texasgunsandroses.com did just that. They do indeed sell roses, even though the Texas State flower is the blue bonnet, and the Texas State gun is the all of them. laughter <laughs> The band, Guns N' Roses, filed a lawsuit this week claiming trademark infringement. But the store says the name has nothing to do with the band. The band uses an N apostrophe, while the site uses the whole word and. Also, it's not like the owner of the site dons a red bandana and sways side to side asking customers, where do we go now? (laughs) Whatever the legal ruling in this case... It's sure to have huge implications on other businesses named after bands, like the Alice in Wonderland themed snow tires company, Alice in Chains, or the law enforcement organization, The Police.
2: <laughs> a store that sells Guns and Roses is sued by the band Guns and Roses. Your last story of a bother to a biz comes from Nagin Farsa.
4: Local retailers Ashley McConnell and Calvin Godfrey of Your Belinda, California were thrilled to announce the opening of their new store, AshCal, a portmanteau of their two names. The store is a haven for self-care, salves, bath bombs, lavender-filled eye pillows, and other items that no one actually needs but everyone secretly loves getting. It's like goop meets a less expensive goop.
6: LAUGHTER
4: The store's opening was a hit with locals and the Ashcal owners were pleased until one day they arrived to see piles of garbage in front of their door. Really fragrant garbage, like from the household of people who debone fish recreationally. (laughs) (laughs) You see, Southern California is lousy with Persian language speakers, and the portmanteau of their name, Ashkal, means garbage in Farsi. (laughs) Everyone thought it was a garbage and recycling hub. If you've ever seen an episode of Shaw's of Sunset, it explains why the garbage included a shocking amount of eyebrow-threading tools and lightly used Gucci handbags. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to make the best of the situation, the owners tried to resell some of the refuse, like the errant Mercedes. 80s hood ornaments, Persian rugs, and unopened bottles of Drakkar Noir. We're really classy people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, here are your choices. So like I said, somebody tried to open a small business and immediately got in trouble. Was it from Faith Saley, a mime who had a kid at a birthday party so enthusiastically embrace the miming of a jail cell that he had to close down for a weekend? From Peter, a store that just wanted to sell Guns N' Roses, and because they called themselves that, got sued by the band Guns N' Roses. Or from Nagin, Farsad, a store that wanted to sell fancy stuff, but sadly, their name meant garbage and Farsi, so that's what they ended up getting. Which of these is the true story of a problem for an entrepreneur? I'm, I'm going to say B. You're going to go for B. That's Peter's story. At the store in Texas, where else? Trying to innocently sell Guns N' Roses like any American businessman and getting in trouble with the band. All right, well, to bring you the correct answer, we spoke to a reporter who was covering the real story.
5: There's a flower and firearms shop in Houston,
0: Texas called Texas Guns N' Roses.
2: That was Dan Solomon, a senior editor at Texas Monthly, telling us that, yes, there is a store named Guns N' Roses being sued by Guns N' Roses. Congratulations, R.J., you got it right. You win the point for Peter Gross. You've won our prize, the voice of your choice on your voicemail. Congratulations, and thanks so much for calling.
5: Thanks so much, Peter.
2: Thank you. Take care.
5: Bye.
2: And now the game where we ask people who know everything and everyone about nothing and no one. It's called Not My Job. Uh-huh. No matter how much you think you are a morning person, you are nothing compared to Gail King. As the host of CBS Mornings, she is up before you are. She is already looking great and feeling sharp, talking to incredibly important and famous people and basically starting the nation's day. We are lucky she is not back in bed yet and can join <laughs> us here at Carnegie Hall. Gail King, welcome to Wait, Wait, Thank
7: you, time. Peter. Peter, I have been up since 3.24 a.m. and I have to get up tomorrow at 3.24 a.m. Well, well, that's actually the first thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, You get up, you said at 3.24, you said? So my alarm goes off. I do three snoozes. Mm. Then I get in the tub because I actually guys bathe every single day. Then the car picks me up, go to the uh, Times Square, our studio in Times Square, do hair and makeup, because I don't wake up this
2: cute. It takes a village. <laughs> okay. And then, then it's off to the races. All right. Let, let's, let's talk about your interviewing style, because you're famous for it. Do you have a secret to interviews? Do you talk do you, do you, uh, in terms of preparation or an attitude? Uh, well, I
7: do think I'm very prepared. So okay. if an author comes on, I read their book. If there's a movie, I watch the movie. If there's a TV show... And, you know, we have great producers who take really copious notes. Right. They read all the books. They give you the questions and all that good stuff. But I like to read the book myself because I'm always looking for a little nugget that's not on the sheet. You have done a lot of tough interviews. Can you tell us, like, the toughest interview you've ever done? Uh, The toughest interview would be with Frank Zappa. May he rest in peace. Um, Oh, yes. I remember famously he was not taking kindly to your questions. No, he was not. He was not nice. I mean... You know, his kids' names are Dweezel and Moon Unit. Now, call me crazy, but I'd never heard those names before. And so I figured there was a backstory to it, that there yeah. was a backstory. So I was, in, I was a baby reporter at the time, but it's still so scarring and jarring, I still remember it. And I said, oh, you know, those are very interesting names. Is there, you know, is, how, did you, how did you and your wife come up with them, do they have a meaning? He goes, no, they're just names, like Gail. Stupid question. <laughs> I mean, and I went, oh, okay. And then later, I saw someone else ask the exact same question. He had a whole story about where the names came from. He had a whole story. So it just shows to me. It just said to me, on that particular day, he didn't feel like uh, what I call playing. He didn't feel like engaging. Right.
5: Definitely don't ask Peter where the name comes from because he. I've asked him before because we have the same name.
2: He loses his mind. (laughs) (laughs) You do something that I never have had the nerve to do, which is a lot of live broadcasting. Oh, I love that. Well, do you? Because yes. I'm terrified because I constantly make mistakes. that no, no, one, well, no, Almost no. no one ever finds out. No, no, no.
7: I love that, Peter. The reason why I love it is because you can't take it back. When you're taping something, that's why even, I hate it. <laughs> well, even, but, but even psychologically, if you're doing a pre-tape with someone, I hate those because we all know in the room. Well, if it screws up, we can do it over. Right. So I really love live because it's you're working without a net. Um,
2: I, what I was going to ask
7: you was, have you made any like on-air mistakes? Yeah, yeah, have, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can, can you think of one yeah. chair? I think the one that that I, I get a kick out of now. At the time, I was mortified, but I was a baby reporter just starting out, and I said, you know, I was a, m- was my first anchor job, a weekend anchor, and I'm sitting there with two white guys who were on the set with me, the sports guy and a, a weather guy, and I meant to say, you know, we'll all be back next weekend. Instead, I said, we'll all be black next weekend. <laughs> and then, <laughs> that's actually, you can actually find that somewhere. And then, you know, and they both like froze up. People are so afraid of race. They're so afraid of race. And they like, ah, and I went,
2: well, I'll still be black. The rest of these guys will be black. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe you were public about this, which is how we know, is that you're a big Taylor Swift fan. Love her. Like all reasonable people. Yes. And that you, And I want to go to that show, too. But you <laughs> had the same problem as everybody else getting tickets. You were online for three hours with Ticketmaster like everybody else. Is that, is
7: that no, true? I haven't tried that with Taylor yet. No, you haven't. No, no, really? but I do want to go. Right. I nope. waited in line for an hour for the Popeye's fried chicken sandwich. I thought that was, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was I'm sorry,
2: delicious. I'm sorry,
7: what? You, when the this Popeye's, was, and
2: everybody's crazy for the Popeye's fried chicken sandwich. This yes. When, when it first enough.
7: came out, I said, you know, what's all the fuss all about? I went, I went to, Nine different ones because they were sold out. <laughs> I waited in line for an hour. And I tell you, that chicken sandwich was delicious. <laughs> so did I, anyone I would like to go to, go to li- Taylor.
3: But did anyone in line say, aren't you
7: kidding Yeah, they did. They did. And I, what go, did you... and I went, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. And but did... I do want to go to Taylor. I'm trying to figure that out. It seems to be a bit of a kerfluffle in getting the tickets.
8: I think no one, airs...
2: <laughs> No one in this entire vast auditorium believes that you can't just make a call. I'm just <laughs> telling you that. I don't believe it. Does anybody here believe but that you Peter, I didn't say I wasn't going to make
7: a call. Okay, so <laughs> all right. You said you that is were online true. for I three surmised, hours. You said correct. you were online for three hours, and oh, I said, man. no, I'm not. You totally- I am definitely going to make a call. You,
2: <laughs> you totally got me. I am. You see right through but me. But don't I, let her I... know
4: that she's on par with a chicken
2: sandwich. <laughs> Oh, right. When you make that so call. Worries. Taylor, I love you. Not, I mean, you're not like a chicken sandwich. I wouldn't wait in line for you. But, <laughs> but listen, Peter, I never ask for freebies.
7: All right. I never. I always say I want to pay. I just want to have good seats. Uh, sorry, I know. But I, but I never say, look, I'm trying to get a freebie. I've never done that.
2: All right. Keep that in mind, everybody. Okay. Well... Gail King, we are delighted to have you here with us in this amazing place, but we have invited you here to play a game this time.
1: We are calling Gail King Meet the Real Gail King.
2: Oh, no, Bill. Namely, meteorologists. Uh, We're going to ask you three questions okay. about weathermen. Answer two to three correctly, you'll win our prize for one of our listeners, the voice of anyone they might choose on their voicemail. Bill, who is Gail King playing for?
1: Alex H. Nagler of New York City. I'm guessing.
7: Who is that? Who Where is that? Here? Where is Alex? I don't know. I don't think Alex is here. I think oh, they were too nervous oh, no. to So come. he's not in the room? Not at all. But, but could I ask you how you came up with me for Weathermen?
2: Well, you see, it's a terrible pun. <laughs> Gail King. So gale, oh, gale force winds. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. what I was trying to. Do. I didn't. <laughs> when we were I
7: didn't focus on the gale. On the gale. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Most people, Peter, it's yeah. not a criticism. Most people focus on the king. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you threw me.
6: <laughs>
7: <laughs> you threw me.
2: <laughs> All right. All right, Peter. Please Here we proceed. go. Proceed. Now. Being a meteorologist on TV is not the only career path for weather forecasters. At one time, if you were interested in forecasting the weather, you could also become which of these? A, a small talk consultant who provided more interesting things to say about the weather to people you hardly know, (laughs) B, an elite special forces weatherman who went behind enemy lines to predict the weather there or C, an exotic pet's weather enclosure specialist who provides high-end clients exactly correct environments for their pet pumas, jaguars, crocodiles, and armadillos. Oh my gosh. That's
7: too involved. I don't like that one. I'm gonna go with B. You're gonna go with B, the
2: Special Forces weatherman. You're right. Mm -hmm. Now, until they changed the job description in 2019, you could join the Air Force and become a Special Operations Weather Technician, Someone who could tell you if it was raining, but then would have to kill you. (laughs) All right, you got one right. Here's your next question. The first person to name a hurricane was the great 19th century Australian weatherman Clement Ragg, that was his name, but eventually he lost that privilege. Why? A, he would name the hurricanes after prominent people he disliked. Mm. B, when he ran out of names, he would just say, Hurricane Agatha, no, the other Hurricane Agatha. (laughs) Mm -mm. Or C, he blew away while trying to personally research if Australian hurricanes really spun a different direction than Northern (laughs) Hemisphere. (laughs) Hurricanes. Uh, A. You're going to go for A. You're right. He would name the hurricanes. He would name a storm after a politician and then say, well, Typhoon Timothy is causing problems again. Um, Okay. Last question. Michael Fish was a meteorologist for BBC television for 30 years. He received medals and awards for his career. But now he has a unique honor. What is it? A, the BBC's live weather camera is called the FishCam, even though it is pointed at Big Ben. B, in the UK, to quote, go fishing now means to predict the weather. Or C, he is the automatic result Google gives you, the very first one when you look up worst weatherman ever. Um, I think it's between A and B. You can go between the fish cam and worst weather man ever. Can I phone a
7: friend? <laughs> I'm, I'm, i I'm, I'm going to go... Audience? No, I think it's so. A. A.
2: They're like A. No, it was actually C. Ah!
6: Was it C? Yeah.
2: It was C. If you I would Google, have never chosen C. Don't do it now, but when you go home, Google uh, worst weatherman <laughs> ever. His name will pop up, and it's all because of a famous incident. I would have never chosen he, Where he went on TV, this guy, and he said earlier on today, apparently, a woman rang the BBC. And said she heard there was a hurricane on the way. Well, if you're watching, don't worry, there isn't. And then the great storm of 1987 hit. <laughs> <laughs> oh Bill, how did Gail King do in our quiz?
1: Officially, Uh-oh. you have won if you get two out of three, which you did. She's so a you're a winner.
2: Congratulations. Oh, yeah, 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 Gail yeah, yeah, King yeah, yeah, is the yeah, co anchor yeah, 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 of CBS Mornings. Yeah, yeah. Gail King, thank you so much. You are done, and we are grateful. Woo. In just a minute, pipe down up there. It's our Listener Limerick Challenge. Call one 888 -wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from Apple Card.
8: In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. From
1: NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. The NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Nagin Farsad, Faith Saley, and Peter Gross. And here again is your host at Carnegie Hall in New York, New York, Peter Segal.
2: Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all so much. In just a minute, Bill gives you all a home where the buffalo rhyme in our... (laughs) Listener Limerick Challenge. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait That's one 888 Right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Faith, a billionaire art collector, is attempting to collect a $400 million insurance claim because his art was damaged in a fire. Now, it wasn't burned, it didn't get wet, but the man says he suffered a loss because the paintings have lost their what?
3: Don't rich people use the word Luster.
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you because I don't know how you're going to get any closer. He says that he wants $400 million in an insurance payout because his paintings have lost their, and I quote him, their oomph. <laughs> oh. uh, the man is Ronald Perelman, very famous uh, billionaire here yes. in the city, and he lost... Five valuable paintings, or he had these five very valuable paintings at his house out in the Hamptons. There was a fire a few years ago. Luckily, the art was in protective cases. It was safe. It was unharmed. But he says now that he walks by the paintings, you see, and the thrill is gone.
3: Um, I have a feeling uh, all of his ex wives also lost their own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I the
2: same thing. <laughs>
3: and I
5: walk by Cherise and I'm like, eh.
6: yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. That's She's, more
6: or less you look it. different.
2: Yeah. Peter, the New York Times ran a story on this elite concierge service, which for about $10,000 provides every luxury to its wealthy clients so they can do what without all the usual hassle? They can go to
5: a restaurant and be the only person there. No. Um, I will take a hint, or one
2: of you can guess. I don't know. I'll I'll give you a hint. Uh, Despite the fact that they pay all this money for all this service and help, they still have to swim, bike, and run. Oh, they can run a triathlon for yeah, you? Well, not just a triathlon, I but mean, an Ironman. What? What? I yeah. understand. I, I will explain. So let's say you've decided to do an Ironman. That is a two and a half mile swim followed by a 112 mile bike race. And then you have to run a full marathon. But that sounds so hard. So instead, you sign up for Ironman XC. And that service provides all the comforts. They will carry your equipment to the race site. They'll get you a luxury hotel room right by the start. And trust me, having done it, a marathon is a lot easier when a professional runner is carrying you in a baby Bjorn. (laughs)
3: <laughs> do they also shave your legs for you? And I'm sure
2: that can be arranged with an additional with the cost. Chase? They do. Oh yes.
3: That's not the
5: hard part of the Ironman yeah. Triathlon. Well, no. I, it's like the hard part is the doing, doing of it. it. Yeah. yeah. So the
2: idea is, like, for ten thousand, they get this concierge luxury treatment. For twenty thousand, they don't have to do the race at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nagin, a town in New Zealand is bursting with pride mm-hmm. over a group of 40 schoolchildren who got together and gave back to their community by going out and doing what?
4: Oh, um, dancing. No.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. They
2: just hired someone to be in charge of this in New York. They could have hired these kids.
4: Oh, oh. they started... Wait, these kids started, like, murdering rats? They, in yeah.
2: fact, <laughs> murdered rats. This town is on a little island, and they're concerned with this rat population on the island that's killing native birds. So they decided to unleash on these rats the most fearsome predators known to man, elementary school children. (laughs) (laughs) They held a competition for the kids. And altogether the kids caught and killed 600 rats. What? In 100 days and then they all at the end of the competition displayed their kills on the school lawn.
3: This was 40 children. This is like a word problem for fourth graders. 40 children 100. killed 600 rats?
2: Yes, in 100 days. So an That's average That's 1000 is... each. <laughs>
4: How they killed them?
2: Oh, any way they could think of, <laughs> Faith.
4: I know, and was it just, like, with their bare hands? Like, how? they
2: got an extra special price. I believe they used traps that they made themselves. What if the second-place person got two and
5: the first-place person got 590?
2: <laughs> That's true. You never know. <laughs> then, be you like know, a, you have
3: a serial killer. You would be, like, yeah, yeah, one psycho
5: yeah. and then one, like, oh, yeah. person who tried and the rest of them, like, went into the woods and were like, <laughs> Yeah!
2: Little Billy and his
5: dead, dead eyes.
2: (laughs) Coming up, it's lightning fill-in-the-blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight. 888 wait wait That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. 924 8924 You can click the Contact Us link on our website, waitwait.npr.org. You can also catch us most weeks at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois. And you can see the Wait Wait stand-up tour coming soon to Raleigh, Tampa, and Atlanta. Tickets and more info is at nprpresents.org. Hi, you're on Wait Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi,
3: this is Pam Susson from Decatur, Georgia.
2: Hey, Decatur. I know Decatur, home of our dear friend Roy Blunt. What do you do there?
3: Um, I'm a director of development for a financial planning practice, okay. and I'm also a mom yeah, to a 15-year-old girl who said she would die of embarrassment if I mentioned that on air,
6: so
2: I am. <laughs> oh my God, you've killed her.
3: <laughs> I, know,
6: I know, I know.
2: Is there any you know. other embarrassing facts about your daughter you would like to share? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? With us great. and the world. <laughs> you no, know, read her diary. Yeah, read yeah, her diary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's hear it. <laughs> Well, welcome to our show, Pam. Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with the last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly, into the limericks, you will be a winner. You ready to go? I am. All right. Here is your first limerick.
1: In this race, aging men will compare their brawn. In 26 miles, they're there and gone. For this cardiac doc, the race held two shocks, saving two heart attacks
2: in one. Um,
3: oh God, it's, a li-
2: it's a little tricky.
3: In my defense, it is quite a bad connection. Uh yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and okay. remember,
3: this isn't a sprint. <laughs> right? It's a marathon.
6: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Right. Nice hit. Uh, this last weekend, one morning, uh, this doctor went out to run a half marathon. And while doing it, he saved two people's lives. But, you know, you went to a bottomless mimosa brunch, which is also (laughs) cool. So first one guy collapsed, and the doctor did CPR and got him in an ambulance, and then he got up to continue running, and then it happened again, and he saved the next guy, and he sent him off in an ambulance. This is really impressive until you realize he was getting beat by two guys with heart problems. (laughs) 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 All right, here is your next limerick.
1: Upstairs, they are fighting with sabers or revisiting Hercules' labors. The sounds from outside will get under our hide. But the noise we hate most is our...
2: Neighbors? Yes, yeah, neighbors. it is. A new study has determined the most annoying sound in the world is not snapping gum. It's not fingernails on a chalkboard. It is the sound of your upstairs neighbors. Researchers have tested a series of sounds on people and they monitored the test subjects for signs of agitation. The sounds of someone upstairs just doing regular things, walking, dropping something, proved to be the most annoying of all. Imagine how happy Downstairs neighbors everywhere are that after 29 years off Broadway, Stomp is finally closing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is a very urban affliction, it really right? Is. Yeah. You fancy people who live in houses, Peter. You probably don't have to deal with upstairs downstairs. Well, there neighbors.
2: is somebody living on their third floor. We've never seen them. <laughs> <laughs> Here is your last limerick. After eight cups,
1: I feel like a blotter. To the bathroom, I slosh as I totter. But this study I'm seeing has freed me from peeing. I don't need to drink all this.
2: Water? Water, yes. The whole thing you've heard all your life about drinking eight glasses of water a day. That is not actually true. I hate to tell you this, but if you have committed yourself to drinking that much water, you have been peeing alive. <laughs> <laughs> this eight glasses a day thing started in a report from 1945 that said adults should consume 64 ounces of water a day, but apparently no one read the text that explained that we get most of that from the water content of the food we eat. You know, this, that mm. stuff counts, all the water in rice, in pasta sauce, and watermelon, and water chestnuts, and water pizza. <laughs> <laughs> also, this was 1945, whiskey counted.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, is it just me? But like, I didn't drink a glass of water until I was like 18. <laughs> Like, when I was a child in the 80s and 90s, nobody drank, like, it, we didn't, like, nobody talked about it. And then suddenly, I feel like when I was 18, everyone said like, you gotta drink water, like, constantly. And Sprite. put on
3: sunscreen. Yes. Right. I drank sunscreen. There you go. I <laughs> drank there 64 ounces of yeah. sunscreen. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bill, Bill, how did Pam do in our quiz? Pam did
1: great. She got them all right. Good going, Congratulations, Pam. Pam.
8: Support for NPR and the following message come from the Wallace Foundation, working to develop and share practices that can improve learning and enrichment for young people and the vitality of the arts for everyone. Ideas and information at wallacefoundation.org.
2: Now on to our final game, lightning fill-in-the-blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you please give us the
1: scores? I can. Faith and McGee and each have two, and Peter has
2: three. All right. Huh. We will arbitrarily choose you, Faith, to go first. The clock will start when I begin your first question, fill in the blank. On Tuesday, a jury in Manhattan found the blank organization guilty of criminal tax fraud. Trump. Yes. Thursday, the House passed a bill to protect same-sex blank. Marriage. Yes, after he tried to dissolve the country's Congress, the president of blank was removed from office. Peru. Yes, on Tuesday, Hungary blocked an EU proposal to send $18 billion in economic assistance to blank. Ukraine. Yes, this week a man traveling by train in China was fined $500 after he blanked.
3: Um, Killed too many rats
2: No, after he reclined his seat without warning the person behind him (laughs) On Monday, the Department of Homeland Security said it would delay blank requirements for air travel until 2025 Real ID Yes, this week comedian Jared Carmichael was named the host of the 2023 Blank Awards Uh, Golden Globes Yes, this week a 72-year-old hospital patient in Germany was arrested after she turned off blank because it was too loud
3: Oh, Um, uh, uh, something loud. Uh, David Hasselhoff song.
2: No, she turned off another patient's oxygen machine. (gasps) (laughs) Oh my god! She couldn't sleep. It was too loud. So she went over. She turned it off. Doctors run in. They resuscitated the patient. Oh, my God. They explained to the woman the problem. You can't turn that off. It's keeping her alive. Fine. Honest mistake. She didn't know. An hour later, she did it again. Oh, my God. This sounds like a Benny Hill sketch. <laughs> Bill, how did Faith do in our quiz? Faith got six
1: right. 12 more points, total to 14. She's in the lead.
6: All right.
2: Nagin, you're up next. Please fill in the blank. According to new data, blank prices in the U.S. are now cheaper than they were a year ago. Yes? Yes. On Wednesday, authorities in California said they were seeking over $600,000 in back taxes from disgraced rapper Blank's fashion company.
4: Oh, Kanye West? Yes.
2: This week, targets inside Russia were struck by drones assumed to have come from blank.
4: Ukraine?
2: Yes. In a new report, scientists say that Discovery's Shark Week lacks diversity and overrepresents blank. Sharks? No, men (laughs) named Mike. Okay. (laughs) There have been more men named Mike on Shark Week than women. Thanks to a combination of COVID, RSV, and the flu, the CDC has advised blanking over the holidays.
4: Oh, like, super partying down.
2: (laughs) Yeah, go for it. No, masking. On Monday, Michael Avenatti, the former lawyer for a blank, was sentenced to 14 years in prison.
4: Uh, Oh, no, no, the woman. Um, Oh, God, I didn't Stormy Daniels!
6: Stormy
2: Daniels! Yes! A New Orleans man who was caught having a threesome with two dominatrices at his place of work had to resign from his job as a blank.
4: Uh, he was a, an accountant?
2: He was a priest. The priest. <laughs> whoa! Hey, New Orleans, baby. The priest was forced <laughs> to resign after Bastardby saw him having a threesome with two dominatrixes. Dominatrices? Uh, on the church's altar. At least that's what the person thought they saw. But honestly, it's pretty hard to tell the difference between a dominatrix and a really stern nun. <laughs>
3: Well, that's my Halloween costume Ah! for next year.
1: Bill, how
2: did Nagin do? So Uh, good. Four
1: four right, eight more points, ten total, but Faith still has the lead.
2: How many, then, does Peter need to win? Six.
1: Six to win.
2: Here we go. Here we go, Peter. This is for the game. Following weeks of protests, China began lifting its toughest blank restrictions this week. COVID. Yes. On Tuesday, a county in North Carolina declared a state of emergency after its blank was damaged in an attack. Uh, Like power station? The power grid. Yeah. This week, 25 people allegedly plotting to overthrow the government were detained in blank um, Germany. Yes, on Wednesday, <laughs> Time magazine named blank its person of the year. Uh, Zelensky. Yes, and the spirit of Ukraine, best known for her role in Cheers. Actress blank passed away at the age of 71 this Kirstie week. Alley. Yes. This week, a man in Georgia was arrested after his local police department posted their most wanted list online, and he blanked.
5: He uh, was on it, but told the woman that he was dating whenever she went to the post office to never look at the most wanted list because he was on it. No, she went to the post and
2: added a comment, quote, what about me? <laughs> the man had outstanding warrants. So he was basically like, come on, police, these are outstanding warrants. Uh, so while not making the most wanted list, he finally got what he most wanted. Bill, did Peter do well enough to win?
1: Well, he got five right, 10 more points, but with 13, Faith still has the win. All right.
2: In just a minute, we're gonna ask our panelists to predict, after Harry and Meghan, what will be the next shocking Netflix documentary. But first, let me tell you that Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Gotica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our tour manager is Shayna Donald. BJ Liederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornbos, and Lillian King. Our production assistant is Sofia Hernandez-Simonides. Special thanks to Vinnie Thomas. Regular thanks to Peter Gwynn. Our intern is Vaishnavi Naidu. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Our CFO is Colin Miller. Our production manager is Robert Newhouse our senior producer is Ian Chillock, and the executive producer of Wait Wait Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the next shocking documentary from Netflix, The Geen Farsad?
4: Herschel locker will direct a searing documentary about the difference between werewolves and vampires.
2: <laughs> Peter Gross, Kanye West,
5: Kyrie Irving, and Mel Gibson will compete making hamantash and babka and rugala on an 18-part docu-series, <laughs> The Great Yiddish Bake Off. <laughs> And
2: Faith Sailing.
3: Musk at dusk. A deep dive into the untold story of what's going on with Elon Musk's nightstand and how he keeps his face so waxy.
1: <laughs> well, if any of that happens, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me.
2: Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks to Nagin Farsad, Peter Gross, Faith Sailing. Thanks to our friend Monica Hickey. Thanks to the... Staff and crew here at Carnegie Hall. Thanks to our fabulous audience who came out to welcome us back to New York. Thanks, to everyone, at WNYC. Thanks to all of you at home for listening. I am Peter Sagel, and we'll see you next week.
0: This is NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore. A new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR.
8: Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel, Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR.
3: All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back from me.